So, so, um, so I'm going to go ahead and ask our good friend, give her a Jill Blue a welcome as she comes to the front. Jill, I'm going to ask you to sit over here. Worship also, they always give me the blue mic. Is that right? So, is it working? Are we on? Hello, yeah, hi guys, awesome. Well, Jill, um, I'm gonna quickly give a quick um, who Jill is. I'm uh, I don't know when I when did we meet, Jill? We met, um, October, so yeah, and so well, I guess it was earlier than that, and then. Over the summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me and Julie, we met with Jill uh, back then. And so a little bit about Jill. Jill has her degree in psychology with a minor in religion and fine arts from Lee University. Praise God. And and then she went on and um, got her master's in professional counseling and with an emphasis on marriage and family. So that's kind of where she's at. And um, now you spend your time as a um, as a coach. Spend your time as a coach, helping people to experience freedom by the by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, so, do you want to talk about a little bit of how that all worked, or do you want to sure like talk about how that all yeah. came came about? Say Not, something, Jill. These people <laughs> say something. Um, it was kind of cool during worship. Just the songs themselves were so precious to my heart because if you knew my testimony, you know that God is real, that I'm sitting here right now, because only God could pave this story where my mental health was so restored that I could actually help people walk through freedom. So like the exodus and the deliverance of my heart, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, all these songs are just so precious and all being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so kind of my background, kind of how I became. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, you know, we hear about the gift of counsel, the spirit of counsel from the Lord. Um, I believe that he He kind of graced me with that when I was a child. Um, when I was maybe 15 years old, my mom's friend ended up kind of going into a dissociative state, meaning she kind of stepped back to like childhood and she was rocking on the floor like a seven-year-old. And my mom was like, I don't know what to do. And literally God filled me with knowledge. I sat on the floor with this woman at 15 and led her through some type of inner healing. I had no knowledge of how to do that. Um, It was something God just kind of graced me with, right? So then my father got cancer, passed away at 16, when I was 16. And I ended up going through my own counseling and ended up receiving a lot of healing. And I ended up going through something called Grace Ministries. Some people may be familiar when I was 17. So I kind of was familiar with a lot of like exchange life and knowing that everything is through Christ. So I was very fortunate to be wrapped up by the Lord. And so went on to get a psychology degree and then my master's in counseling. Um, cause you can't do much with a psychology degree, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to get a master's. Um, and so thanks to my husband for helping me get pushed to that. Um, and shout out husband, to Desmond. Desmond. Yes. I don't, I don't know if you see me. He's kind of short over here. He's a little bit short side. He's small. Um, yeah. So I ended up getting my degree, you know, finishing up with counseling and, for that, you have to do internships, you have to do practicums. So I did a lot of work in the community. I worked at like a halfway house. I worked in um, the community counseling, which is kind of like Medicaid funded. So I was going into people's homes and doing all types of counseling. And I continued on working in a private practice. And the Lord kind of led me out of there through a series of events as people were sort of going through 
deep inner healing in my office, not counseling, getting saved, you know, like extreme life changes. And I, I was like, Lord, this is just not, this is not counseling. What do I need to do next? And he said, go be a coach. And I was, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What is that? And he said, call yourself a Holy Spirit led life coach. And I thought, okay, that's a mouthful. It's <laughs> <laughs> really a big card. Right, right, exactly. And I had a profile on what's called psychology today where people can find counselors. And as I was transitioning to this new role, I labeled myself that there on psychology mm-hmm. today. And the Lord said, I'm going to send you clients that will be drawn by that title. And so people started coming in from that title. And I closed that account after the month was up because I'd already paid, you know. Um, And the Lord just kind of kept moving. And I was working um, out of the library in the private offices. I was like, hi, welcome to my office in the library. Um, It's really professional. And the Lord was just so gracious because it was kind of a slow um, growth. And then I met you guys through um, Holy Spirit Encounter Friends. And y'all are so gracious. So that's kind of the full spectrum. So How yeah, so here. she actually has a um, an office up here at the annex, and she does um, a lot of her a lot of her counseling right there at the um, at the annex, and it's just it's just great, it's great. So so when we talk about um, psychology mm-hmm. in the Christian realms in the world, it's um, there's a lot of times where that that uh, those two things, Christianity and psychology, has had conflict, and yeah. and um, mm-hmm. so talk about that, like talk about the uh, the conflict. Um, what are some legitimate complaints mm-hmm. about in psychology mm-hmm. and what are some things that we can utilize sure. from the knowledge that you learn? Yeah, I loved actually the word that you gave, Julie, because all of these great thinkers like Aristotle and all these philosophers is kind of where the thought of the psychology background began it was really like the the search for meaning and man's thoughts and it's, you know, going into these great thinking patterns. That's really what psychology is. It's like the study of the mind. And I think the greatest issue with psychology and where the church has issue is that searching within for answers is very dangerous because the heart is deceitful above all else. So if you're searching within for the answers to your life, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. You might be happy for a minute, but it won't last, you know? And so I think that's where like true psychology in its own, you know, form can be really dangerous. Um, Especially if you look into Freud and the way that he saw things very out there and not not say at all Christian beliefs. Um, But psychology and Christianity do have some similar tenets, like things like cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really just taking thoughts captive can really be beautiful because it does have some really great biblical foundations, even if it doesn't realize it. Um, For me, psychology was more of a tool than a theory. Mm -hmm. I think the theories can be really dangerous. Just like anything, if we make anything into a theology, Right. Outside of just the word and the person of the word, Jesus yeah. Christ. And it can get messy. Right. We're like we see that sometimes in circles where people are like, oh, well, he got healed with one way. So we got to do it that way forever. Right. It's dangerous. Same way with psychology. It can be a little messy. Yeah. I, so actually um, a little out of order. But like so we, we actually talked about one of the things. So we, we got together not too long ago and just talked about what we we're going to talk about. And one of the things that really came up in that conversation was this idea of the cookie cutter solution to every person's issue. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. yeah. We were talking about on TikTok or social media and online and on Facebook, you see people posting all kinds of things about, you know, I'm ADHD and I do this, you know, and I'm ADHD and I do that. And I have, I'm, you know, whatever. It's a lot of labels. It's a lot of trying to identify oneself by a title and then put your life into that box. Mm-hmm. And 
you may have symptoms of something. It may have a title, but it is not your title. Right. And so, you know, why would you title yourself something that God did not name you? He came to the cross to set you free from those titles and to call you son and daughter. And so I think often when you have these diagnoses, people get put into these boxes by their own identification, desiring to have something to hold on to because they don't know who they are. So they grab onto these things and they're like, you know, well, I just do this because this is who I am. Or, you know, the the Enneagram was really big and everyone's like, well, I'm a five. And I'm like, well, I'm a daughter of God. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. You know, I get it. Like I get sometimes it's helpful to have tools and tools are so wonderful. You know, like they're helpful for us to understand ourselves. They're helpful for us to understand why we do the things we do, Mm -hmm. but we don't live our lives based on what we do, but whose we are. So subjecting ourselves to truth and not to titles is really And it can end up into excuses, right? This is why I do these things. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And it kind of just is like a passive term, like, oh, it's just who I am. And I'm like, well. And deal with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the love languages. I like them. But. You're going to bust a whole lot of things today, aren't you? (laughs) Listen, I like the love languages. You know, my husband and I, we did that way back, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. But a friend of mine one day said, well, the love languages are good. But they also set you up for failure if you go into it with offense that your husband never loves you the way that you want to be loved. And it sets you up for always feeling disappointed if they're loving you with gifts and you like words. Right. Right. It's like, that's just a sidebar. That's free. That's good. That's good. Wow. Um, So so when you're looking for a good counselor, um, what are some of the things that you would um, besides going to see? Jill, right here in our office. By the way, she offers a discount to all Hope Church members, so I just want to give you that that plug. And um, uh, so, when you uh, so if somebody were to happen to go somewhere else, like what what would your um, advice be to finding a good counselor? That's a great question. I think Thank you. finding a good counselor is very much like finding a good friend in a lot of ways. Not that your counselor is your friend, but you do have to have a relational. Um, comfort with them. You need to feel like you can be safe with them. You need to feel like you have a connection. That's actually a real thing. And I think the gift of discerning of spirits plays into that as well. And asking the Lord for a greater measure of that before going, because you don't know what that person believes and what they're dealing with themselves. And you're kind of opening up this bridge of communication in a very intimate way. So kind of being led of the Lord, I mean, is, is the main thing you do for everything, right? So asking him, but I think, you know, looking at their educational background, their experiences is always helpful. But for me personally, when I'm looking for someone, I want to know that they're led of the Holy Spirit. I want to know what their life kind of looks like, what their fruit looks like. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Um, so, all right, let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, so we have a mental health issue mm. in, our, in our world today um, caused by any number of things. So when we talk about the mental health, you know, the, we use the word mental health crisis, right, mm. that we're having. Um, talk about... Um, um, talk about the mental health challenges that you see and have you experienced and um, experienced in clients and just you, the way you see like the world in the mental health crisis. Like, talk about yeah. that whole gamut. It's the whole thing. It's the all whole on thing. Me. Yeah. Boom. Right there. Everything. everything. <laughs> um, so how do you process all that? Right. How sure. do you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I feel like it's almost regional and based on like areas of of our country where you see kind of things popping up specific things but i think across the board identity is probably the main crisis for everyone um who am i what am i supposed to do 
how do I label myself? How do I title myself? What is my gender? What is my sexuality? We kind of see that just across the board. And I think it does have a huge impact on mental health because the two are related. You know, we are body, soul, and spirit. And one of the things that I really focus on with clients is checking in on all three. Um, it can't be just your spirit and your body is dying and physically sick. You know, we've got to check out what's going on. What's what's going on here? You know, yeah. do we need to go to the doctor? Do we need to get blood work done? Do we need to check on your diet? Do we need to check on your sleep patterns, your exercise patterns? Like these things matter. They all play a role in your mental health. So, <clears throat> so I do think, though, that identity is probably the biggest crisis. So a lot of things come out of that. I think depression, anxiety, panic attacks all kind of flood out of this place of an identity crisis. Mm. Yeah, okay, so let, let's, let's zero. I kind of feel like let's just zero in on this panic attack, anxiety, depression. So when someone comes into your office, this is off script. So when somebody comes off your, into your office, um, where do you start begin? Where do you begin with that whole conversation? Usually the first session, we kind of talk through what are your most pressing concerns and areas that you feel a coach would help you to kind of stay on track or motivated or to be able to see Holy Spirit more clearly in those areas and, and what is kind of hindering you from hearing his voice? What's hindering you from going to him first? What's keeping you from being able to grow? Um, so it's usually kind of a discussion and then moving on from there often, I mean, sessions, even the first one, I'm like, okay, we need to pause and we have to pray. Like we just need to talk to him right now. Um, and most clients are very open to that as they see my bio and they're like, I guess this is what we're doing. So <laughs> We come in and we begin to pray and often Holy Spirit just starts to reveal things quickly. Mm. Um, sometimes the first session people leave and the Lord has done such a massive work in their heart that they go and follow him and just do it themselves, which is right. awesome. Like you don't need me, yeah. you know, but sometimes you do need someone to just come alongside. So when you say spirit led counseling, let's just <laughs> like name it, describe it. What mm. exactly, what exactly is that? Yeah. Um, it is that spirit of counsel that mm. rests. And I ask him, would you please just increase that gift on me? And would you just send it out of me? Because it's mm. not me. I have education. So I can look at someone and I can kind of you know, think through, well, they're saying this, so we're probably going to go here. Because I kind of have a progression of the mental health background. Mm -hmm. But is the gift of discerning of spirits that tells me what's behind that thing and where to go next. Right. Not just the mental health background. So... It's God. I mean, truly, it is Him. Um, yeah. I, I'm, but how, how does yeah. your so how does your education yeah and play background. how does that all work together with sure. the yeah keep it grounded? Um, yeah, it is so cool. I don't because... want to keep it grounded. No, no, no. I just actually literally said the kingdom is not of this world. Right. right? right. <laughs> exactly. No. Um, so I think what was really cool about my master's program was that we did three week long intensives on campus because the rest was online. So I, I had my master's at Liberty University and I actually loved getting to go on campus and just practice with each other because they'll have you kind of do like high level counseling on each other to just practice. And I think for me, that background of just like seeing people face to face and watching someone shift, watching their mind shift, watching the Holy Spirit like rest on them mm -hmm. is so cool. But you actually see the physical mind change and watching the brain literally shift. It's so cool to see that. And that was kind of what my educational background brought me was an understanding of the human mind. Mm. You actually do, you know, almost like medical background of what you're learning is how the brain actually works, how it's affected by medication, how it's affected by 
sleep and eating and that kind of thing. So some of our classes literally taught about the human body. And mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. You get to learn about this shell that he made, you know, and kind of how it works, how it thrives, how it doesn't, what makes it suffer, what doesn't. So that background helps you to understand more about the body, mm -hmm. um, which I think is where it kind of goes back to your original question of like, how is, how is psychology in the church differed? I think sometimes the church is like, it's all spirit, you know, it's all demons. Right. And they have not realized, well, this person, say for example, not throwing all the teenage boys under the bus, but sometimes you, know, you have like a 16 year old boy. He's in the house all day long playing video games, maybe homeschooled, online school, never leaving the house, hardly gets any sunshine. Depression is probably going to follow mm. because physically he's online all day long, having a dopamine rush of the internet, of screens all day long and no sunshine. Mm. So physically his body is depleted. Wow. Sunshine is literally a built-in like vitamin D boost. It helps to increase your melatonin. It helps all kinds of things in the body. It helps to regulate your hormones. So if you don't have literally like fresh air and sunshine, your body is already depleted. So knowing that, knowing like some of the scientific background of the human body and what it needs has been really helpful. Yeah. And so this is really, this, this, so we're going to pick on all the teenagers for just a minute and then we'll get back to the rest. <laughs> but, but so that this is a, an issue with our, our teenagers now. So what do you, we do have teenagers here and uh, parents of teenagers. So what do you suggest in those situations where, where it is, I mean, to, um, to say that um, their depression is not real, it's just caused by whatever, that's not, well, that's not fair and that's not loving, right? So right. how would, give us some advice on how to work on those things. Just, just throw me all the hard questions, David. Um, no, it wasn't there either, no, sorry. Yeah, I know. But the need. Yeah, the, the need. The need of, sure. and, the, and the way it works, the, the physical and the body, right, works mm -hmm. together to know that. Right. I've shared that with a lot of parents, and I've told parents often, they'll ask me, well, what do I do? You know, my child is suicidal. My child is threatening to harm themselves. They're, they're, doing, they're committing self-harm. You know, they're a lot of different things, anxiety, depression, gender identity, all that. And I say, do they have a cell phone? Mm. Most of the time, yes. And... Do they have access to social media? Mostly, yes. And I have had very few parents who are willing to say, I love my kid enough to deal with the horrific battle of taking it away. Wow. A few have done it and had incredible changes in the kids. Wow. Um, even for my own self, like I, mm. I can see how, and what we don't realize so much, I think sometimes is that cell phones, even just like scrolling online, it literally is producing dopamine in your brain. And dopamine is your happy chemicals. So as you're scrolling, you're like, I feel really good. I don't really know why, but it feels good, you know? Yeah. And it's causing too much in your brain. So you're then not satisfied with regular life and regular conversations. It feels dull and boring. And so just talking and sitting just feels like I could be scrolling, right? which is wild. Right. You know, my husband and I were talking, like we didn't have cell phones when we were dating. Like we had like a phone. You know, it was a cell phone, but not like today, not like the computer phone. <laughs> it was just like we could call each other text. And our whole dating years, we just sat and talked. And it was so sweet. We just sat and talked and we learned about each other and we grew and we prayed for each other. And I thought, I can't even imagine having to do that these days. Right. How would you really have a deep abiding connection when you're like needing that hit mm -hmm. of dopamine all the time? Mm -hmm. And that's not to say anything negative about anyone. It's to say like it's a physical reaction to something and it doesn't seem like it is because it seems harmless it's like it's your cell phone it doesn't seem like it's doing anything yeah. but it actually is like increasing your blood 
brain chemicals in a false way, like a drug. Like addiction. Like addiction, yeah. Yeah. Wow, like we could just go the rest of this thing yeah. talking about that because it's, it's such a um, – so you, um, from your experience, you are – there is the connection in our cell phones, mm -hmm. in our uh, social media, our scrolling of oh, yeah. mental health. Tremendous. Yeah. Not just the physical scrolling and the, and the changes in your blood chemistry, but also what you're consuming. Because even if you try to guard yourself – there's stuff creeping in and you can, you know, be like, I don't want to watch that or I don't want to see that, but it still creeps in. And I really believe it is so targeted. I think it's very targeted by the enemy mm -hmm. specifically for people to see things that are going to cause harm and breakdown of their own self image, their worth. Um, I think there's a lot of pornography quickly targeted to men who would never seek it out. It's just sent to them if they're male. I think there's just, that's a whole nother story, but I do think social media in general and just being on the phones, being on the screens is, I, I've never seen anything like it. And there yeah. was a shift that took place maybe about five or six years ago, five years ago, maybe, where it was just like, oh, wait a minute. Everything is different. Yeah. And people were different. The way I was relating to people was different. Yeah. So, so what we used to be concerned about when we would talk to uh, teenagers and people and people who were struggling and all those mm -hmm. things is the content itself. Right. So what we're now seeing is a, a switch where it is not just the content, but it's just the dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. of the, Absolutely. Yeah. You ever catch yourself just kind of like doing like this? Mm -hmm. You're like not even really watching anything. It's that dopamine. Your body is like, you just get in this routine. Oh, man. I hope it's, it's making some people mad in here. <laughs> well, not mad, but no, maybe you know, like, uh, um, you know, like challenged. Yeah. You know, like yeah. all of us, like challenge ourselves what am I doing right now? Because it almost is like a numbing effect on your brain where you're just kind of like just there, especially when you're stressed, especially when you're tired, especially mm -hmm. when you're in an argument or you're frustrated with your spouse, you know, you're just like, mm. yeah, it's and the Holy Spirit, I think, is the one that is the counterpart to that. Mm -hmm. The peace bringer, you know, the one that can bring calm to your storm. Um, I went offline from like November till January and it was awesome it was challenging because i miss seeing my friends like all their like christmas stuff you know but it also is hugely refreshing to just not have that scrolling thing going all the time and um so my husband and i do that quite often we'll just be like all right we're just going offline for the month and yeah. it's helpful julie and i talked we we've mm -hmm. talked about this this idea and um and gone for time without you know social media and those kind of things is, mm -hmm. and it's amazing one of the first things that um, my wife talks about is that the creativity, your yes. actual creativity starts mm -hmm. coming back and yes. your, uh, your thinking mm -hmm. um, clearly. So true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So we're just going to have a, you know, back in the day, they used to have book burning parties, right? right. We're just going to have, <laughs> everybody gets a Cell flip phone, phone. tablet. Right. The Motorola is coming back Desmond to the said, church. Desmond was like, I'm getting a flip phone. I'm done with this. It's just a waste <laughs> of time. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, it's such a big deal. It's such an important, Im important, um, yeah, it such is. an important subject. And it's subject. easy to forget about it after this conversation. When, because you're going to have it uh, that again. Because, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, At lunch, okay. Or like you get home and you're tired. You're about to go like take a little rest on Sunday. It's easy to forget about it. Like I'm calling myself out too, y'all. It's mm -hmm. so easy. It's like you hear it and you, you're like, yeah, that's probably somebody else who's struggling with that. But it's 
it's genuinely like it is a really big deal. And I think it's actually kind of scary mm-hmm. how big of a deal it is. Um, my sister and her husband got their kids tablets for Christmas and they have been super guarded. Like my niece and nephew were 12 and nine and they just now are getting tablets. You know, they like, they don't watch TV. They are so, so cautious with them. And, um, my brother-in-law was talking to my mom the other day and he said, the tablets are gone. It's been a month and their entire personalities have shifted and they only could use it like an hour a day. It was not like they just had endless access with guards in place. He said their entire personalities have changed. Wow. And he said, we wow. have literally gotten rid of them already. And that was their Christmas gift. I'm like, it's wild. <laughs> Merry so, Christmas. I know. <laughs> Sorry I changed, about it. I changed who you are. I know. Yeah. 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 So um, so this seems to be a Holy Spirit vein. Yeah, apparently, because we didn't even talk about any no. of this. So, so um, wh- what, do we, what do we need to do? What do we do? Jill, give us yeah. some answers. What do we need to do? <laughs> Holy Spirit, what do we need to do? <laughs> yes, let's Holy, just pray. Let us pray. Like, for real, like. let's pray. Um, Mm. Holy Spirit, I love how you love to just do what you do best. Reveal and heal. And I ask even right now in this place that you would rest on each of us individually and let us see the places where we have been numbing out. The places where we have been hiding. The times where we are not really wanting to talk about it, so we just go scroll it out. The places where we are angry or hurt and we run to our phones to just check out. And I thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no shame. There's just revelation that you bring with such a gentleness, but also with conviction to say, like, repent and turn away. Turn to me. I thank you that we don't conform to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. And we thank you that you give us the ability to do that. So we submit to you and we ask right now that you're increasing in each one of us specific things that needs to happen mm-hmm. so that we are guarded in our minds and that you would keep us in all of our ways as we acknowledge you as the Lord of our lives and submit every area of ourselves to you and everything that we do to you. Amen. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, and we talked a little bit about it. About um, if you've been around me at all and listened to me, I'm on this thing and this kick right now about uh, meditation mm-hmm. and um, and uh, your intentional thinking and taking uh, your own thoughts on purpose and directing and there's some good um, meditation online um, helps if you're interested I can point you to those things but those times of intentional thinking that um, uh, we'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks but um, it's so vital in these areas I'm wondering um, this is just my own, my own life education, right? It's, I'm wondering if this, we've swapped our meditation for our online, just, just feeding, right? And it's been to come like this counterfeit of meditation. Cause if you look in scripture, meditation is all through, like we're commanded to meditate, 
be people that meditate. So meditate on on the right things, right? On yeah, the, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. So what are are there? Um, so I like I'm intrigued by your we're a three part being. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into that a little bit, mm -hmm. a little bit more, especially when it talk when we talk about uh, medications that you mm -hmm. can take or diets that we mm -hmm. that we do. Kind of talk about how those things relate into mental health. Sure. <clears throat> My personal experience with medication was I was placed on um, antidepressants. Gosh, years ago, I was having panic attacks. It started right after my dad died. And um, they lasted, I mean, I guess it was like 10 years before I actually told a doctor too. So I was just suffering silently with these horrific panic attacks, didn't really know what to do. Um, and so I was on medication for years. And as the Holy Spirit began to really heal me, he kind of was just whispering, it's time, it's time to come off. And that was like a three-year process of coming off of them. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a lot. Like my brain chemistry literally had to rewire wow. and poor death. <laughs> it was horrible. I was just like so high strung and I was experiencing kind of normal emotions for mm -hmm. the first time without the buffer of the meds. And so we would drive every time he was driving. I was like, oh my God. like every, every single day. And he was like, I can't even drive with you. Cause I had such like a, like a reflex. And I was like, I'm not trying to. And that lasted probably what, like a year and a half. It was a long process wow. of coming off the bed. <laughs> Poor Desmond was like, I'm not riding with you anywhere anymore. It was so bad. He was like, oh my gosh. But it was literally like a reactivity. Mm. Like my body was like on hyper alert. Wow. Yeah. Um, because I think what we don't know, sometimes we just go to the doctor they tell us, oh, we'll just take this, you know, it'll help you feel better. But it's actually giving your brain a new chemistry. Like it's rewiring the brain pathways. Mm -hmm. When you remove the medicine, the brain has to rebuild. Mm -hmm. so um for me i believe the holy spirit used medication mm -hmm. i do i think he used it he put me on it at a certain time he told me to go to the doctor when i did because mm -hmm. i had been very fearful of doctors after my dad died and mm -hmm. i think he used the medication at the time that i was in because he knew i was not set free and delivered and he was using something in the meantime to help my body until my spirit could be whole that's so good and say that that's I, so important i do believe that i think he used it um do I think that we should use that as the first go-to on everything? No, I think you well, need, we do it for our bodies, you know, right? right? We do it for our bodies. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, when it comes to our minds, mm -hmm. which we Christians tend to think about our mm -hmm. spiritual life, right? Mm -hmm. Then we'd say, well, no, 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 no. Right. Med medicine's not okay for that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and me personally, I don't run to medication ever. I, I grew up in kind of a, like a natural house where mom's like, you know, like go eat some garlic and honey and, <laughs> You know, we'll try that first. Um, that was just my norm. We have fermented honey garlic at the house, and Desmond's like, oh, my gosh. Um, we have, like, all kinds of, like, stuff. He's like, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but it works. Listen, I'm just saying. It works. Um, I think that God has given us every good gift that we have need of. Like, he really has. And so he has given us everything, including the brains that created the chemistry, that created the meds, that came originally from the honey garlic. Mm. So, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of cool. It's like a full circle, but <laughs> dependency on medication, I think is really high in the U S because there is so much money behind it. Mm. Um, there's so much money behind meds here. And so I think meds are often pushed really fast and people don't know what they're getting into. They don't know, Oh, I'm just taking this little antidepressant and it's going to take me 10 years to get off of it Come on. That's right. or to like have my brain back to what it was. Um, I was literally over here just on my knees, thanking God for healing my brain, mm. 
that I'm even able to sit here and tell you about it. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's incredible. It's all wow. God. But he did use medication, and then he told me when to come off. And that was a whole process. Several times, Desmond was like, get back on the medicine. <laughs> get back on the medicine. And I thank God for you because your prayers and your patience were oh, so helpful because it was terrible. We need to bring Desmond up here and talk about <laughs> the spouse's role. <laughs> the support staff, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Um Oh, yeah. Well, talk about support staff. Yeah. Talk about people and mm. friends and relationships and all those things. Mm. As it were. And how do people in a faith community help people who are in um, mental health crises? That's a great question. I think it's, oh, man, so many layers deep. But I think it's so important to ask Holy Spirit for the gift of discerning of spirits. Everybody, every day. Mm-hmm. Because is it a demon? Maybe. But is it a person first? Mm, Yes. So being led of the Holy Spirit and giving love first, giving compassion, giving empathy. You know, so many times it talks about Jesus being just so overcome with compassion, so overcome and filled with empathy that that was the flowing of his love into someone's healing. And so asking him for a greater measure of empathy and compassion and being led of the Spirit and everything. because if you are seeing someone just manifesting all around you, it's distasteful. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have empathy when someone is truly being the worst self around many you. Many times it's hurtful, right? Yes, hurtful. Yeah. And, you know, and if it is led of a demonic spirit, which I think it can be, you know, Jessica and I talk about this all the time. It can be. Listen, I'm just calling it like I see it because it can be. Then it is going to be used to try to attack you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to then be like, I don't want anything to do with that person. When it's not the person, um, is it a mental illness that's actually causing them to have all kinds of, you know, breakdown in their ability to rationalize and to reason possibly. And so are they going to say and do things that to you think or just seem crazy? Yeah, possibly. Mm. Um, but being led with discerning of spirits to know the thing behind the thing yeah. and then to know the person in front of you is always there. Right. Loving them deeply. And so I think as the church, us coming with those gifts is crucial and we can't do that on our own right we can't we like run from distasteful things we're like i don't want anything to do with that right but the lord can fill us with his compassion and help us to discern the next steps with people yeah or or what we what we do is we we um we're so excited about seeing somebody get set free that we look past there's a person that's struggling in the middle of that Mm -hmm. that fight yeah and sometimes there's a story way behind that too like hey maybe you cast out a demon but there's trauma underneath there and the soul is still full of wounds. Right. So if that's not dealt with, that thing can come right back in yeah. because the door was actually trauma. Right. And it didn't get closed. Right. So it's really important that we're not just like casting things out and then just leaving people frail and open to like, oh, that thing's gone, but I'm not okay. Or Why worse, am I not okay? I thought I was delivered. And so they're just in this place of just fragility that they're like, I, I, something's wrong. Right. And it just goes right back into it. And so... Um, sometimes walking slow and low with people is Mm. really needed. Um, I tell people, I feel like God created me to sit and struggle with them. Mm. That's where I thrive. Like I I do a lot of literal, like Indian style, like floor sitting, just on the floor with people. And I I don't know why that's just kind of way I was created. And I, I love it. Bless Desmond because he waits a lot around church parking lots and (laughs) restaurants and random places. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to take some questions, if yeah. that's okay. okay. Um, 
So um, here you go, Jessica. But before we do that, while y'all are thinking about your questions you may have, um, um, I, let me just frame the, these questions. This is not a chance for you to get your counsel right now, but just uh, questions about this topic. Um, but I also want to bring up that you're writing a book. <laughs> Tell us about your book. <laughs> I keep forgetting about it. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, like, she'll come right. in the office and go, oh, I'm almost done. I'm yeah. almost done. Oh, the Lord had told me, like, finish by December 23. So I finished. Oh, praise God. Finished it. It's actually in the hands of a publisher right now. So they are reading it and going to get back to me, I guess, in the next week or so. So What's it on? So it's called Weightless, Finding Freedom from the Lies You Learned About Your Weight and Value. And... Um, very important. Very important and a lot of significance for me personally, losing about 70 pounds on and off, a lot of a lot of baggage, a lot of spirit of heaviness, literally. I mean, there were so many things and also my physical being. Like I, I had an addiction to sugar. I had an addiction to food. Um, the Lord healed me of that, healed me of like PCOS and insulin resistance and um, healed me of cancer. I mean, literally, he healed me. He has healed me. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's yes. awesome. Amen. So buy the book when it comes yeah. out. I, I don't know when it's going to be in actual physical form yet because yeah. it kind of depends on if we go with the publisher or if I publish via Amazon because I'm kind of praying through what I'm going to do. Well, we're going to definitely buy a bunch Thank of those you. books. So, Thank yeah, you. for sure. Yeah. So any do we have any questions? Yeah, right here. Ken? Yeah. What would you recommend when you recognize? Put it in the mic so that people online can hear. When you see someone has a need for counseling and healing and they don't see it so much, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any recommendations about how to guide them Good into question. that? Intercession. I always feel like if you know someone's problems. <laughs> wait, wait, could I just stop? Yeah. That's so amazing. <laughs> that it's not, well, because you expect like, well, this is what you should, this is how you should say. And how, no, her first words out of her mouth. This is why she's amazing. Oh, Amen. It's God. Her first words out of her mouth is intercession. Go ahead. Praise God. Um, yeah. He's revealed to me. If you know people's business, it's so that you can intercede well. Through prayer. Right. Yeah. Through prayer. So praying, fasting for them. Um, Praying and fasting for people is an incredible gift to your relationship and your friendship and to break through on their behalf. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, totally. And do you have any other advice? To like, and I think practically after you, so you have kind of prayed and, and fasted, all those things. Yeah, and like if you, and, you know, if you get direction, you know, I think sometimes um, if you've had personal experience with counseling, if you had a personal relationship with a counselor you trusted, kind of sharing your testimony with that and how it assisted you. Versus saying, like, I really think you need to go, you know, <laughs> kind of sharing your story. Like, I, you know, I went through counseling and this happened and this happened. And I built a really cool relationship and, and the Lord revealed this through this person. And I don't know if I would have had that outside of that relationship. And, you know, having good counsel helped me to do X, Y, Z. So kind of sharing your own personal stories. Um, and it really depends on the relationship. If it's a family member, if it's a friend, kind of the level of, of intimacy you have with them. Because um, that's a hard thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like anything that someone else needs to do. Like if you know someone really needs to lose weight for their health, that's hard to tell them that, you know, you might know it, but there's going to be a lot of love. A soon. lot of love. Yeah, yeah for so. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For anybody who's interested, we, uh, you know, we are connected with uh, Jill, but we're also connected with an organization called uh, Broken Chains. And that's an organization that we send people to um, all the time. I think church in this time, in this day and age needs to have some kind of, uh, counseling. Um, so 
Um, it's a place that we have had great success with, um, Broken Changes over in um, Ackworth. So if that's something that you need or need to, you know, for somebody else that, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, anybody else? Hi, I'm very grateful for you this morning. I wanna say thanks for your presentation. Um, I'm new here, about a month, and my 16-year-old who's not here today, I'm sorry she's not here, she does suffer from anxiety and depression, and her dad has always said, no medication, mm -hmm. so I'm glad that you raised that, mm -hmm. but we've kept her from that, and she's doing counseling, and so I'm going to continue to pray mm -hmm. that she will be healed mm -hmm. without medication, so mm -hmm. thank you very much for your presentation, it really means a lot. Oh, thank you amen. so much, amen. I appreciate it. Um, on that note, really fast, is to share a reference um, that can be beneficial based on your personal body chemistry, but it's called The Mood Cure by Julia Ross, and she teaches about amino acid deficiency, which are the building blocks of the brain, and they used to be in turkey, you know, that would be foraging for worms, where now turkey is fed grains, and so the turkey we're eating doesn't have the same level of tryptophan that it has, so we're deplete in a lot of amino acids, and so sometimes some of the symptoms we're experiencing are actually amino acid deficiency, and you can take certain supplements wow. to help to boost the brain naturally, um, so The Mood Cure by Julia Ross. It's a great book. It's not a Christian book, but it does have a lot of really good insight for the, the brain itself. Mm, that's good. That's good. Hey, um, Jill. Hi. When did your book come out? That, I'm not sure. So as <laughs> soon as I know from the publisher if they're going to you know accept it and or if I'm going to self-publish on Amazon. So it kind of is a little bit up in the air as they're reading it right now. So we'll see. I have two questions. Okay. Okay. So um, number one, can you just speak a little bit about the doorway of trauma and like how do you, if you've suffered trauma, how mm -hmm. do you begin to kind of close that door? What's mm -hmm. what what do you what would you suggest? And um, or if someone close to you has, mm -hmm. how do you help that? And then the second question is, um, how would how would you speak to a spouse if there, um, what would you say a spouse could do? This isn't my scenario, David. But if like you, your your spouse, <laughs> that's right. Your spouse is nuts. Anxiety or depression or something like that. And it's someone that's so close to you and you're watching them walk through this difficulty. How, how do you, what are some practical things that you could do to like support that person through? So yeah, yeah. just heavy hidden questions. Love it. Um, you know, for me personally, like walking through my own healing of trauma, that's kind of what I'm going to, how I'm going to speak to that. Um, it's been layered and just so kind of low and slow with the Holy Spirit. Um, like I said, I think he used medication for once a time and he would kind of start revealing things and healing things and revealing new things. And I went through my own counseling experiences um, and I did go through deliverance and the Holy Spirit set me free from things that had totally bound me. Um, but even just, I think the main thing is being available to Holy Spirit to let him go there and asking him, will you help me go to the place where trauma came in, reveal them and help me walk through them and let me know if I need someone to walk with me. Because a lot of times trauma is so hidden, even from our own selves, it can be when we're so young, um, and I think the brain does an amazing job of encapsulating trauma to prevent you from shutting down completely. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Lord puts in like some little mechanisms to help protect us so that he knows when the right timing is for that to be healed. 
So if you're ready for a deeper healing from trauma, ask him for it. Ask him how to go there. If you need someone to walk with you and tell him I'm open, I'm available. Um, and if you're walking it with someone else, same thing, just kind of gently saying I'm available. If you need someone to walk with you through this, um, because it can be even perceived trauma can be so massive versus actual physical harm. Um, the perception of hurts are just as painful and, and so it can be hard for people to even open up about that because they think, well, it's kind of what I felt, but who would even, you know, see my side of that. So being a truly open place for someone to come and sit and to be honest about what they've gone through, be a safe place. Um, if a spouse is going through that, I mean, obviously prayer, I mean, that truly praying for your spouse, anointing like their pillow and anointing their side of the bed and praying over it and just asking the Holy Spirit to rest on them while they sleep. Oh, yes. I anoint him a lot while he's sleeping. He's like, doing, you know, <laughs> I forget to do it when he's awake, you know, and I, I'll be like, oh, the spouse of a counselor i know bless the him. spouse of a counselor bless him um but i do i pray over him a lot especially because he falls asleep like this and i typically like gradually fall asleep and so i'll just kind of be praying over him while he sleeps that the lord would rest on him and speak to him in his dreams and bring him visions in his sleep you know your spirit never sleeps so i ask holy spirit to come and to give him divine wisdom and insight while he's resting and to protect him from anything the enemy would try to bring in during the day. Um, you know, occasionally Desmond's a financial advisor. So, you know, with a global pandemic and a few other crazy things in the world, it's not always a stress-free environment in our house. <laughs> um, I hear him upstairs sometimes and I will also just walk in and be like, Hey, do you want to chat? Do you need to just get it off your chest? You know, sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no. Um, so being available to just be there and be a safe space. And even maybe repenting to your spouse if you haven't been safe in the past. Um, being good. honest, like, yeah, you know, in the past, I did, I kind of dismissed how you were feeling. Or in the past, I didn't have empathy for how you That's felt. So good. Yeah. But I've been asking for that, and I want to be that for you. So if you need me to listen, I will listen. So without trying to fix you or tell you what to do. Like, just being willing to sit. Man, that's that's so good. So good. Mm -hmm. So right. So right. Because we're supposed to be, um, we're supposed to be, um, me and Julie say it all the time, it's just me and you. It's me and yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's the way I believe God put us together, you know. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. One more question. Do we have two more questions? Yeah. Two we get to. Yep. Hi, uh, thank you for coming. Um, I had a question on social media, but I want to preface that I think you're uh, everything you're right and you, what you say that, you know, I've limited my use of social media over the year and it's definitely improved my mental health and such. But um, I believe there is some sort of positive ways that social media can be used. Like, for instance, this here is being broadcast on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So and people can we can spread the message of the Lord mm -hmm. to people via yeah. social media and all of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked about how it's how even it's just its use can be bad. So how do we balance that? How would you good say question. we balance that uh, mm -hmm. the good that can bring brought from it? but also the bad that can come from it. Yeah, good question. Absolutely. Great question. Very good question. Um, <clears throat> I think you have to have personal autonomy with your decisions with your phone, you know, about the time that you spend and even checking with Holy Spirit, you know, give me a limit. 
you have an app on your phone that you use, and it like it, he tells his phone how much time he'll permit Facebook to be up. So it kind of has a guard in place. It'll tell him like, okay, you've been on here for ten minutes. You've been on here for five minutes. Whatever it is, you put in place. So you can kind of put checks and balances in place for yourself. But I think the use of social media is incredible. Absolutely, we can stream this all over mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. How amazing is that? Is. I don't think it's all of the devil. Absolutely. It's more that we need to be cautious with our own selves and check in with ourselves as to why we're using and consuming it the way we are. Kind of more like your why and check in with the Holy Spirit about what am I not letting you in and letting this be in your place versus saying I can't use it ever. You know, having everything in balance, I think, is so crucial. Um, just like anything, like I personally don't eat sugar. I stopped seven years ago because the Lord was like, this is an addiction we're taking it away. Okay. So I don't eat it. Cause I know I thrive without it. Um, but if I was to eat a dessert, I'd have one and I would move on, you know, and I'd be like, okay, move it on. Just kind of using it and then like letting it go, not letting it use you. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I love your, your personal autonomy mm. and your, um, yeah, your own, like, you know, you know yourself. Yeah. Really. For sure. And the Holy spirit knows you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Where are we at? So my question is actually the reverse of Julie's, right? So what if it's not your spouse? What if it's you? So you you battle with anxiety, and part of it is the first step, identifying what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So my body is doing this because I'm feeling like this. But to try to communicate it to those around you, right? Often mm -hmm. you're kind of discredited or, mm -hmm. oh, you just need to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, so mine's the exact opposite. Like, mm -hmm. how do you handle those situations? Mm -hmm. Because it can actually start to make you feel, I guess, more crazy, right? right. When those around you discredit it. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you handle that when you're in the opposite stance? Mm, that is a great question. Hmm. I think checking in with who are you allowing to be close to you in those moments? Do you need to remove yourself from the scenario that you're in to go and step away and kind of like, just be with the Lord to pray through it, to breathe through it. If you're not around someone safe at the moment that you know that they're not able to hear you kind of removing yourself from that. If you literally can't, I mean, even going to the bathroom and just like taking a breath, a breather, you know, taking a space away from that person, if they're not a safe person to let them know how you're really feeling. Um, and then checking in with like, if this is someone that's close to you, like a spouse, if there's not a measure of vulnerability there, or if they're not willing praying for them, because even though you're the one that is in need, only you can, the only thing you can control is your own receptivity of them and your reaction to them. So praying for them, like, Lord, would you please give my husband or my wife an understanding of what I'm going through? Would you please help them to understand how I'm feeling? And until then, I release them from my judgment. I choose to forgive them for not seeing me and hearing me and honoring me. Because otherwise, if you're slipping into offense and bitterness because they're not able to give you what you need, then you're going to stay in that place of anxiety, too, because you're already, already even anxious about what they're doing or not doing. So releasing offense and bitterness and judgment through prayer so that you're free from that mess with the spouse or the person, you know, and then praying for them to receive that awareness and taking a breather, taking a step away, giving yourself some space if you need to. And thank you for asking that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Good. Um, well, this has been great. This has been really good. So we're in our series, uh, Road to Abundant Life. Why don't you just talk about a little bit as we close? This is what I want you to do. Talk about abundant life and what Jesus has given us.
Um, and also I want you to just pray over, over this, over the people here that we would be people that, um, it's my heart that because I understand what's, what's going on in our world, that I want this place to be a place of healing. And I'd want, um, that we would be equipped, not just the pastor not, I think it's time for the church to be equipped to handle some of these Mm -hmm. things. And, um, so talk a little bit about what abundant life means to you Mm -hmm. and, um, and then what, um, and then pray. I want you, I want you to pray. And yeah, we'll close. Be honored. Um, the Lord gave me the scripture this morning that he didn't come to give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And that is what the Holy Spirit gives us, is power, love, and a sound mind. So it's not our power, not by might, not by, by the spirit. And I'm like, that is abundant life. It's living in the overflow of his power, love, and sound mind. Because if we have those three things, we have the ability to crunch on the heads of demons, Mm -hmm. to get through anything he sends us to, to have love, to give love, to receive love, which is the, literally it is this, it is the foundation of everything we do is love. And he is love. Mm -hmm. There would be no love on this earth if it was not for the spirit of God. It is literally the source of everything that we need. And a sound mind means that you don't have to be swayed by everything. You don't have to be tossed to and fro. You can have stability in your mind because the mind of Christ is what we're called to have. And he gives that to us. And so I think another portion for, the, for me is taking communion and receiving everything that I have a need of and spending time in the word, not because I need to, but because it is the source for me to go to, to receive that strength and truth and worship. I mean, I just, I live in a place of worship with the Lord. I just kind of always singing and just praying and, and being with him. Um, and that's the gift of my career is that I have time to do that in between clients, you know, and I get that time. But even if it's like five minutes, you run to the bathroom and you just go, just be with him. You know, it's not about the amount. It's the quality of that time, a purity with him. Um, but that is abundant life to me. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, before you pray, yeah. I didn't forget this. How can people get in touch with you? CoachJillBlue.com. So they can go there and mm-hmm. make an appointment mm-hmm. on your website mm-hmm. and um, you can yeah. meet with them right up here. Yeah, right up here. Right, right up, up the street, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's give Jill a hand for being here. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you Thank so you much. so much. It was an honor. Yeah. Why don't you pray, don't you pray for the people? Yeah, happy yeah. to. Mm. Lord, we thank you so much for meeting us here today. And I thank you that you took a conversation that can be kind of polarizing sometimes and you made it so peaceful. You made it so personal that each one of us can take something from this and to know that you are the source. You are the one that gives us every need that we have and that you meet it in heavenly places and you release it to us. I thank you, Jesus, our high priest, that you intercede for us right now. And you pray that our faith would be fortified. You pray for us, you intercede for us, God, and I thank you so much that we can come to you and cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. I thank you that even right now you're releasing a new understanding of power, love, and a sound mind, and it's becoming personal for each one of us. I ask that you would put a guard on our lips, that we would not speak curses over ourselves, we would not speak diagnoses flippantly. We would not speak and receive curses over ourselves, that we would genuinely be cautious with our lips so that we would speak only what you would have us to speak and that you would give us wisdom 
and the gift of discerning of spirits, I ask that it would be released in greater measure on each person in this place so that they would know by the spirit of God what to do and when to do it. I ask for a greater measure of wisdom and revelation and knowledge, God, that you would release wisdom and understanding in this house, that this would be a wise people and that they would be people who are filled with the love of God, the love of Jesus that overflows with great compassion and they would be moved to compassion for those in this community and with wisdom and understanding, they would release that. We give you all glory, God. I ask that you would seal this entire conversation in your blood and that every listening thing would be silenced in the name of Jesus, not able to speak back or cause any type of confusion from this and that you would just bring us into a perfect peace even as we leave here, God. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor. Amen. 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 That was so good. That was so good. So important. Thank you. Thank you, Jill, for being here. And um, all right. Well, in a very awkward way, you guys are dismissed, and we will see you next Sunday. Um, So, yeah. So, perfect. We're going to continue our conversation with, um, well, I pointed to Jill. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. No, wait. Hey. Um, With um, having an abundant life. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week.